about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Park. We invite you to look with us in the book of Psalms, Psalm 112, beginning at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He is dispersed abroad. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Verses 1 through 10, all of Psalm 112. Thank you, Father, again for the gift, the precious and powerful and blessed gift of your word. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity for us to open your word every day and hear words of power, grace, blessing, and encouragement directly from your heart and your mind. Thank you for the opportunity to be students of your word, believers who read and diligently pour over your word each and every day. More and more, help us to fall more in love with you and with your word with every passing day. We thank you. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Father, we come to you today to lift high your holy name. Father, we're thankful that we can boldly come before your your throne today, and we recognize it's not because of anything um, in us, Father, but only your mercy. You're sending your Son to die on the cross for us. So we are excited, Father, to be able to come before your throne robed in the righteousness of Christ. We're thankful for our listening family with uh, the different needs they have, Father. We bring those to you, whether it's a relationship problem, whether it's a relationship with you that they lack, Father. We pray that uh, you would step in. Those with health needs, Father, we bring them to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you for being a part of our listing family. We are very blessed and honored to have as our in-studio guest today, Brother Jack Provine. He is a pro-life warrior, amongst other things, and a gifted poet, and he's with us here. And One thing I would just say uh, in relation to Brother Jack, but really to every listener as well, God calls all of us to be faithful witnesses to the gospel of Jesus Christ and witnesses for truth in the world. And Brother Jack, as I mentioned, amongst other things, is a gifted poet, and he's going to be sharing some with us from his poetry. Jack, good to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Honored to have you here. And Jack, uh, tell us your home is? In Grenada. Grenada. And what state is that? That's Mississippi, the great state of Mississippi. That's right. That's right. And so, again, we appreciate you making the trip over here to be with us today. And uh, I had the privilege of meeting you at a pro-life event. You're a part of Pro-Life Mississippi, uh, one of the chapters in the Grenada, Mississippi community. 
and heard you share the poem you're going to be sharing, and it was very moving, very powerful. And so uh, it's a poem in uh, three parts, if I understood correctly, but uh, we appreciate you coming to share. So anything further you want to share about the poem, you're welcome to, and then we ask you to just dive right in to share the poem itself. Well, at the pro-life rally in 2022 at the Cross Mm -hmm. in Grenada, uh, they had asked me to speak, and instead of speaking, I wrote a poem. Mm-hmm. And then the, later on in the year, I wrote a, a second poem. And then uh, for this January, I wrote a uh, the third part of the trilogy of the pro-life poems. Okay. And I would love to share them with you and your audience today. All right. We appreciate it very much. Pro-life poem... Number one, in the days before Roe, when all through the land, all life was sacred, a nation led by God's holy hand, the prayers of peace and thanksgiving to the creator of all, from the resolute remnant who had heard God's call. The babies were all safe, nestled in the womb, the comfort of a home never meant to be a tomb. When out in the world, There arose such a chatter that it was a living baby, really didn't seem to matter. Pro-choice, they screamed, to snuff out the birthlight. We demand it, they said, it is our right. Away to the courts, they flew in a flash. Abort that filthy fetus, then throw it in the trash. The judges of nine, of all the court supreme, the ears of the liberal could not hear the silent scream. The law that was not allowed the abomination to spread. Millions upon millions of babies soon would be dead. The battle engaged, the war not lost. The sacrifice is worth it, no matter the cost. They call themselves pro-life, these heroes of mine. Walk, run, give, hold up a sign. Challenge the darkness with compassion and love. Wise as the owl, gentle as the dove. Our great state was the first to seek no abortions after the 15th week. The tide of crimson had begun to turn the enemy's schemes we continue to spurn. God's people called by his name who have stood firm will continue the same. God's face we seek on this cold winter's day, our insides warm as we humble ourselves and pray. It is from sin that we turn away. Heal and hold us, O God, in your powerful sway. Like Martin Luther, our beloved strong brother, here we stand, we can do no other. Pro-life poem number two. Roe versus Wade, a judgment perverse, 50 years of death, finally put in reverse. Abortion on demand, a spiritual battle, Prayer and fasting caused its death rattle. Light versus darkness, flavored by salt, the righteous remnant were compelled to shout halt. The dark days of Rove have come to a fitting end. All life is sacred. Sweet, sweet victory, my friend. God is at work. Of that there is no doubt. All the champions of life will celebrate and shout. Prayers of thanksgiving to the giver of light, every child, red, yellow, black, and white, 
All are precious in his sight. The struggle long, the sacrifice deep, that worth fighting for does not come cheap. That it is a living baby does seem to matter, enough to drown out the pro-choice blather. The war not over, we still must engage. The bitter enemy continues in torment and rage. The heart of evil on full display. There is coming a time they will rue the day. We contend not with flesh and blood. It's undiluted wickedness, just like before the great flood. True believers dig in, they stand on the right side. Only others are defenders of the murder of babies, very much alive. The day of the opinion, the majority had spoken, held up God's truth and fixed what was broken. The activists can't face the prospect of letting the voters decide. Too dangerous, they say, this freedom they cannot abide. It is for the states to let their will be known. In the great state of Mississippi, the seeds of life will be sown. The tide of crimson caused by the purposeful leak, a tsunami loosed, its revenge they seek. Outside the great judgment hall, even to the jurist's house, they march and burn with the fire of Faust. Breaking the law, no matter at all, change your opinion or you will fall. We will gather, we will attack, with utmost haste the high court we will pack. In Wisconsin, first flashpoint pointed, no more warnings, destruction anointed. The fire of Moloch, stretched, stoked, white hot, we want the babies dead, for them we care not. Loudly they scream, racist they boast, all who suffer, minorities the most. It's economics, yelling, Madam Secretary, babies are a system drain, those we must bury. Planned Parenthood beyond the pale, loss of federal funds, no baby parts to sell. Self-worship, reproductive right, marching steadily into the silent dark night. Full-term abortion and after is their life's dream. They have never heard the silent scream. Good is evil, evil good, bow to it, they say we should. Pro-choice, the baby has none. Pro-life, the baby gets one. Life begins at conception. Of this, there is no exception. Pro-life fights for those who cannot yet speak, innocent by age, whether a nanosecond or the 39th week. My body, my choice, pro-life gives the baby a voice. Once and for all, we end the debate. It's, not, it's about the baby, not about the hate. A light at tunnels in, not a train, but a hard-fought win. Please call us a warrior. Don't ever call us a fan. We are doubled down on abortion's eternal ban. Widespread revival, true repentance, standing firm, going the distance. 63 million gone but not forgotten. Forgive us, Heavenly Father, for a nation gone rotten. The baby's now safe, cuddled in the womb, the comfort of a home without fear of doom. Educate the mothers, 
Support is a must. Foster care adoption, alternatives to trust. Pro-life is God's family, with many a sister and brother. Here we stand, we can do no other. Praise and thanksgiving to the Creator of all from the resolute remnant who have heard and answered God's pro-life call. Pro-life poem three. The preservation of life, slogan or genuine goal, going the distance to protect the baby's body and soul. Is it control over behavior or taking away power, male domination to make a woman cower? Have we not noticed that those who scream abort are already born? Their reasoning falls short. The unborn child, where is their right? to choose or deny their destruction in the night. Survival of a soldier on the front line is greater than a baby avoiding the clinic sign. Poverty of soul and spirit when an unborn child dies. Woe to the world and its big fat lies. To love and live as you most wish, murder serve cold in a stainless steel dish. Abortion is safe, in chorus they say, for whom I ask from behind a funeral spray. The execution itself the media won't show, destroy the myth and all the public will know. Outcry, outcry over abortion, no president crying, no flags lowered, just more lying. It's a right to life, not a government equity demand, entitled by virtue by the Creator's hand. The right to abortion pits mother against child, disconnected the heart, cognitive dissidents gone wild. Derogation of dads in a fatherless land, we cry, Heavenly Father, please make them understand. The greatest of blessing, a precious gift, now an intrusion, a heavy life burden to lift. Opposing abortion is not enough. We must bear the plight of a child fed, educated house, anointed service in God's sight. Roe versus Wade deformed a nation. The Dobbs decision put it out of circulation. July 8 of 2022, an executive order protects the killing crew. Protecting access to reproductive right, preempt the states, continue the lawless fight. Our voice is heard at the ballot box, litigation too, to rock their socks. Many states will take a stand. Mississippi will lead that holy band. The battle far from over. Jane's revenge served cold. The victory goes to those who refuse to fold. Never give up. Never give in. To do less would be the greater sin. Press on is ever our cry. Fight on so the babies will not have to die. All right. A trilogy of pro-life poems written by Jack Provine. Brother Jack Provine. Brother Jack, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing those poems. And a word of encouragement to every listener. Keep in mind, let us avail using our gifts and our strengths and our witness to speak truth to a world that desperately needs to hear it. Thanks, Brother Jack, for being with us today. Thank you. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession. We'll be right back. 
call it a reason to retreat I got some dreams that are bigger than me I might be outmatched, outsized The underdog in the fight of my life Is it so crazy to believe That you gave me the stars Put them out of my reach Call me the waters a little too deep Oh, I've never been so aware of my need You keep on making me see It's way beyond me Toby Mac with Beyond Me. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Again, it was our privilege to have as our in-studio guest today, Jack Provine, again, a pro-life warrior and a gifted poet, and he shared a trilogy of pro-life poems that he had written and did a beautiful job with that. And it's my hope to be able to get a copy and so if listeners are wanting to get a copy if i get permission from brother jack i will be glad to share copies of that once i have uh permission and have a copy myself so let us know if you're wanting to do that and uh my our producer rick uh, rick roberts and i were just talking about this you know brother jack probably needs to get into rap you know he might could get a whole new audience if he learned to rap his poem as well so but for the balance of the broadcast today, we're uh, continuing to read through the Word of God as we pick up now in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spoke to me, and we skirted Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, You have skirted this mountain long enough. Turn northward. And command the people, saying, You are about to pass through the territory of your brethren, the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir, and they will be afraid of you. Therefore watch yourselves carefully. Do not meddle with them, for I will not give you any of their land, no, 
not so much as one footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. You shall buy food from them with money that you may eat, and you shall also buy water from them with money that you may drink. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows you're trudging through this great wilderness. These forty years the Lord your God has been with you. You have lacked nothing. And when we pass beyond our brethren, the descendants of Esau who dwell in Seir, away from the road of the plain, away from Elath and Ezion Geber, we turned and passed by way of the wilderness of Moab. Then the Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab, nor contend with them in battle, for I will not give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given Ar to the descendants of Lot as a possession. The Emim had dwelt there in times past, a people as great and numerous and tall as the Anakim. They were also regarded as giants, like the Anakim, but the Moabites called them Emim. The Horites formerly dwelt in Seir, but the descendants of Esau dispossessed them and destroyed them from before them and dwelt in their place, just as Israel did to the land of their possession, which the Lord gave them. Now rise and cross over the valley of the Zered. So we crossed over the valley of the Zered. In the time we took to come from Kadesh Barnea, until we crossed over the valley of the Zered was 38 years, until all the generation of the men of war was consumed from the midst of the camp, just as the Lord had sworn to them. For indeed the hand of the Lord was against them, to destroy them from the midst of the camp, until they were consumed. So it was, when all the men of war had finally perished from among the people, that the Lord spoke to me, saying, This day you are to cross over at Ar, the boundary of Moab, and when you come near the people of Ammon, do not harass them or meddle with them, for I will not give you any of the land of the people of Ammon as a possession, because I have given it to the descendants of Lot as a possession. That, that was also regarded as a land of giants. Giants formerly dwelt there, but the Ammonites called them Zamzumim, a people as great and numerous and tall as the Anakim. But the Lord destroyed them before them, and they dispossessed them and dwelt in their place, just as the Lord had done for the descendants of Esau, who dwelt in Seir, when he destroyed the Horites from before them. They dispossessed them and dwelt in their place, even to this day. And the Avim, who dwelt in the villages as far as Gaza, the Kaftorim, who came from Kaftor, destroyed them and dwell and dwelt in their place. Rise, take your journey and cross over the river Arnon. Look, I have given into your hand Sihon the Amorite king, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. Begin to possess it and engage him in battle. This day I will begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the nations under the whole heaven, who shall hear the report of you, and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you. And I sent messengers from the wilderness of Kedamoth 
in two Sihon king of Heshbon with words of peace saying, let me pass through your land. I will keep strictly to the road and I will turn neither to the right or neither to the right nor to the left. You shall sell me food for money that I may eat and give me water for money that I may drink. Only let me pass through on foot, just as the descendants of Esau who dwell in Seir and the Moabites who dwell in Ar did for me until I crossed the Jordan to the land which the Lord our God is giving us. But Sihon king of Heshbon would not let us pass through, for the Lord your God hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate that he might deliver him into your hand as it is this day. And the Lord said to me, See, I have begun to give Sihon and his land over to you. Begin to possess it, that you may inherit his land. Then Sihon and all his people came out against us to fight in Jahaz. And the Lord our God delivered him over to us. So we defeated him, his sons and all his people. We took all his cities at that time, and we utterly destroyed the men women and little ones of every city. We left none remaining. We took only the livestock as plunder for ourselves with the spoil of the cities which we took. From Eroer, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and from that city, that is the ravine, as far as Gilead, there was not one city too strong for us. The Lord our God delivered all to us. Only you did not go near the land of the people of Ammon, anywhere along the river Jabbok, or to the cities of the mountains, or whatever the Lord our God had forbidden us. Deuteronomy chapter 3. Then we turned and went up the road to Bashan, and Og king of Bashan came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Edrei. And the Lord said to me, Do not fear him, for I have delivered him and all his people and his land into your hand. You shall do to him as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt at Heshbon. So the Lord our God also delivered into our hands Og, king of Bashan, with all his people, and we attacked him until he had no survivors remaining. And we took all his cities at that time. There was not a city which we did not take from them. Sixty cities, all the region of Argob, the kingdom of Og in Bashan. All these cities were fortified with high walls, gates and bars, besides a great many rural towns. And we utterly destroyed them, as we did to Sihon, king of Heshbon, utterly destroying the men, women, and children of every city. But all the livestock and the spoil of the cities we took as booty for ourselves. And at that time we took the land from the hand of the two kings of the Amorites, who were on this side of the Jordan from the river Arnon to Mount Hermon. The Sidonians call Hermon Syrian, and the Amorites call it Sinir. All the cities of the plain all Gilead, and all Bashan, as far as Salca and Edre, cities of the kingdom of Og in Bashan. 
for only Og king of Bashan remained of the remnant of the giants. Indeed, his bedstead was an iron bedstead. Is it not in Rabah of the people of Ammon? Nine cubits is its length, and four cubits its width, according to the standard cubit. And this land which we possessed at that time from Eroer, which is by the river Arnon, and half the mountains of Gilead and its cities, I gave to the Reubenites and the Gadites. The rest of Gilead and all Bashan, the kingdom of Og, I gave to half the tribe of Manasseh. All the region of Argob, with all Bashan, was called the land of the giants. Jair, the son of Manasseh, took all the region of Argob as far as the border of the Jeshurites and the Maacathites, and called Bashan after his own name, Havoth Jair, to this day. Also I gave Gilead to Machir, and to the Reubenites and the Gadites I gave from Gilead as far as the river Arnon, the middle of the river as the border, as far as the river Jabbok, the border of the people of Ammon, the plain also with the Jordan as the border, from Chinnereth as far as the east side of the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, below the slopes of Pisgah. Then I commanded you at that time, saying, The Lord your God has given you this land to possess. All you men of valor shall cross over armed before your brethren, the children of Israel, but your wives, your little ones, and your livestock, I know that I know that you have much livestock, shall stay in your cities which I have given you, until the Lord has given rest to your brethren as to you, and they also possess the land which the Lord your God is giving them, beyond the Jordan. Then each of you may return to his possession which I have given you. And I commanded Joshua at that time, saying, Your eyes have seen all that the Lord your God has done to these two kings. So will the Lord do to all the kingdoms which you pass, which you pass. You must not fear them, for the Lord your God himself fights for you. Verses 1 through 22, Deuteronomy chapter 3. Father, thank you again for the wonderful gift of your word. Thank you for the many ways your word ministers to us, blesses us, encourages us, and strengthens us as we read and meditate on it. Help us to be diligent students of your word that get into it every day. We thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we continue reading through the Word of God. We'll be right back. This is the story of a runaway with no way home and no way out. I threw the best of me away I had my chance, it's too late now Too far gone and too ashamed To think that you'd still know my name But love refused to let my story in that way You didn't wait for me To find my way to you I couldn't cross that distance 
Casting crowns with love moved first. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We continue now reading through the Word of God as we pick up in the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when he saw it, They all complained, saying, He is gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable, because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore he said, A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, Do business till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Master, Your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant. Because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise he said to him, 
you also be over five cities. Then another came saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief, for I feared you, because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, Out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You know that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank, that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him, and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me, who did not want me to reign over them, and slay them before me. When he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, Because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosing the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then, as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for you that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. Then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, my house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And he was teaching daily in the temple, but the chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him 
and were unable to do anything, for all the people were very attentive to hear him. Luke chapter 20. Now it happened on one of those days as he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel that the chief priests and the scribes together with the elders confronted him and spoke to him saying, Tell us, by what authority are you doing these things? Or who is he who gave you this authority? But he answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, and answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us, for they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered that so they answered that they did not know where it was from. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Then he began to tell the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard, leased it to vine dressers, and went into a far country for a long time. Now, at vintage time, he sent a servant to the vine dressers that they might give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the vine dressers beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent another servant, and they beat him also, treated him shamefully, and sent him away empty-handed. And again he sent a third, and they wounded him also and cast him out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my beloved son, probably they will respect him when they see him. But when the vine dressers saw him, they reasoned among themselves, saying, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, that the inheritance may be ours. So they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those vine dressers and give the, vi and give the vineyards to others. And when they heard it, they said, Certainly not. Then he looked at them and said, What then is this that is written? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Whoever falls on that stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. And the chief priests and the scribes that very hour sought to lay hands on him, but they feared the people for they knew he had spoken this parable against them. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be righteous, that they might seize on his words in order to deliver him to the power and the authority of the governor. So they asked him, saying, Teacher, we know that you, we know that you say and teach rightly, and you do not show personal favoritism, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, Why do you test me? Show me a denarius. Whose image and inscription does it have? They answered and said, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. But they could not catch him in his words in the presence of the people, 
And they marveled at his answer and kept silent. Then some of the Sadducees, who deny that there is a resurrection, came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote to us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife, and he dies without children, his brother should take his wife and raise up offspring to his brother. Verses 1 through 28, Luke chapter 20. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we've been reading through the Word of God. And as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you've never made the wonderful step of asking Jesus Christ, inviting Him into your heart to become the Lord and Savior of your life, today is a great day, a wonderful day to be saved. If you'd like to commit your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ, would you take time now to simply pray this prayer with me even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so very much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrongs I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Become the Lord and Savior of my entire life. In your word, you said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, today I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my entire life for you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. If you pray that prayer for the first time, we very much are hoping to hear from you. Simply email us. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are tools that can help you to begin to grow and grow really strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, the email joseph at afr.net. Please email us. We'd like to share these resources with you right away. Hope to hear from you again, joseph at afr.net. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession on an ongoing basis. Our encouragement to you is that if you don't already have this habit, we encourage you to start the habit of reading no less than three chapters in your Bible every day. And parents, we're encouraging to have each of your children to read out loud to you three chapters each and every day. A habit that will greatly bless your children and bless your household and family as well. Thanks for listening. Again, we've been listening to the broadcast as we've been reading through the Word of God once again today. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.